0: Well, hello and good morning, everybody. It is The Main Point, and it's Wednesday, April the 13th, 2022. It's Easter week, and uh, we are here, gathered together here at Rosewood, Share, and Baptist with all the pastoral staff. It's myself, Associate Pastor Jonathan Hendrickson, joined to get today with uh, our... Uh, our other two sort of associates here our youth pastor, Jeremiah Custer, and our children's pastor, Blake Flincham. And of course, our senior pastor, Jeff McCarthy, who preached the message that we're going to be talking about today on The Main Point. And uh, this is a continuation sort of of, a, of the insights that you received, Jeff, while you were away. Uh, I mean, not like you received them like there's some sort of secret signal or anything like that, but just things that the Spirit revealed to you um, during the time that you were sort of recuperating from the injury you sustained back in November, and this one in particular, I think came out of not just that injury, but the the three deaths that your family uh, experienced in a singular year. That would be one death is a lot, and, and 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 you know I know your mom had been sick for a while, so that's sort of maybe expected. But then both of your brothers passing. In the same calendar year um, as your mother, I, I know that that was a devastating blow to you and to your family, and had to be, a, you know, make what was already a pretty bad year a very difficult year. Um, in addition, we you didn't even mention this, but like your sister falls and and breaks her arm, I think, and mm-hmm. and so and and then because it's all in the midst of all this COVID mess, you're not able to go and visit. Um, you know, you it, it, it's. It was just a really tough year i'm sure once not that there's anything magical about the year rolling over but once you know 2021 was done i'm sure you were done with it oh yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> definitely um definitely but but in the midst of all that um it does it, it, it you know when you deal with that much death in in a family in one in, in one year um i'm sure it gives you pause as a christian to reflect on okay, well, how do we deal with this? Um, and what, how does one, at, from, from a Christian standpoint, um, handle death and handle that much death um, and handle grief? Um, and so that's going to be sort of the, the, that was the subject of the message, and that's going to be the subject of this talk today that we're going to have as a, as, as a staff, too, is because um, I think there's a lot of things we can talk about in terms of grief and um, grieving, um, and whether that's—I um, think some people would look at that and go, um, "Well, the Bible says, you know, to you know, we don't sorrow, uh, we don't grieve like the rest who have no hope." Mm-hmm. And so, if you're grieving, um, you know, if you're constantly in a state of grieving, then then that shows a lack of faith in in Christ. Or you know, someone might look at that and think that. They might think that if you're if you're struggling with grief right now then that's just that's you know you need to get over that you need to you know you need to realize that you're a Christian and 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 face face this with joy instead and um, I, that's one of the reasons why I actually really like the title of this message mm-hmm. Jeff which is sorrow mm-hmm. with hope because from the get-go what you're saying there in that title is that, sorrow is a part of the human experience it's not a lack of faith it's not a lack of um, belief in christianity or its promises um but there's a difference between sorrowing with hope and sorrowing without hope well if you think about it when jesus showed up for lazarus he wept yeah yeah (laughs) so
1: he was feeling the pain of the people and even though he knew he was getting ready to raise lazarus from the dead that that pain and that suffering and that um it's there yeah so so paul is saying here he's not saying don't sorrow and so we as christians should just come and be laughing and having a party at every funeral and putting people on a guilt trip if they're crying right he's saying you can sorrow but don't sorrow like the world or those that have no hope we don't sorrow that way because we know you know there's going to be a resurrection we know we're going to see the believers again and so it it helps us then to understand that yeah it's okay to sorrow but then it's okay too to to um move from that sorrow and 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 come to the point where you can still have joy in the midst of the sorrow because you know you're going to see the person again you know that you're going to be raised from the dead again or you're going to be transformed if jesus comes back you're going to see christ because he's alive right so um so it just helps us as Christians know that, yeah, there, there may be a season or time where I'm grieving, and we need to. And if you get depressed, you need to get help. Uh, there's nothing wrong with any of that stuff. That's right. Um, but at the same time, if you if you don't, then your grief can become bitterness, and then you can blame God, and then then you you don't see the hope anymore. You become hopeless, mm-hmm. even though the hope is still there. Yeah. So it's important for you to, to be able to uh, understand it and take care of it i guess that's kind of what was happening with me because you know and this i shared all the circumstances of the three deaths and you know the whole um you know knowing whether they were christians or not trying to trying to discern that trying to make sure they knew christ they had the assurance and all that other stuff so all that's part of it too
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, so i think it was just important for people to understand that and then also it it sets up for this coming weekend, too. Oh, certainly. With, with, you know, the the whole reason we can do that is because Jesus rose from the dead. Right. And that, that's right. Well, there's a whole lot Because our just, hope is in Him, yeah. not in... My hope is not, I'm going to see my family again. Right. I love that fact. That's a great benefit. Right. But my hope is, I'm going to see Christ, who died for me. Yes. And as a result of that, me and everyone else, who's a believer as well, are going to worship, and we're going to be together, and we're going to see each other and all that stuff and and it's just going to be a totally different uh, new life. I mean, we have the new life now, but it's going to be an even better new life. Yes,
0: kind of thing. Yeah, there's a whole lot in what you just said, and basically, you covered everything we're going to cover in this podcast. That one, in that <laughs> one monologue there. Um, so, there's a lot to unpack, though. Yes. And so, I want to, I, I want to dig a little bit deeper into some of the, uh, some of the points you brought up. And I, to start... I just had my coffee, Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> I, I, I want to start. I want to go back to something that you mentioned because, again, I do think that there are those jeremiah who um want to say that 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 grief is 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 a um is a sign or a lack of faith that it's that it's something we shouldn't do um that sorrow or that even you mentioned depression is something that uh that that's just it it shows a lack of of like i said a lack of faith and a lack of strength and 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 they'll even take that same verse you quoted and i think you're right by the way i think jesus wept is 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 a is a is an important verse not just because it's the shortest verse in the bible but but because it shows his humanity right um but some people will say oh yeah but he wasn't weeping because of lazarus see he was weeping because of the state of affairs around jerusalem he was weeping for those things jesus wasn't grieving jeremiah over the death of his friend you know and so we can't use that as proof and so where else can we go? What else can we? What, where else can we look at that we can say no? It's okay. It's okay to cry. It's okay to weep. It's okay to grieve, even. Um, and and well, I'll stop there because I have a further question I want to get into beyond that. So, uh.
3: yeah. So um, there's a lot with this question, and I and I think that sorrow. We should say this that sorrow can lead to. A lack of trust in God, but that it's not they're not one in the same. That just sure. because you sorrow, you're not you you're not distrusting God. So they're not one in the same. But it can, if you if you allow it to kind of take over, and uh, it can lead to a lack of trust in God. But I think that sorrow. Um, here, here's where I, I'll go with this. I think that sorrow. Is a natural human response because we know that death is not right it's not normal it wasn't supposed to happen meaning that's not how we were designed death is not a normal thing and i think i think it kind of serves as a reminder to believers and to the world that because uh, when you when you see something or someone die you realize Dude, this is not right there's something not Mm-hmm. This is There's something not okay with this. It's mm-hmm. not right. Mm-hmm. And so our natural human response is, that's not right. And then you get, you, you obviously sorrow. You get sad and you, you weep um, because it's not right. And, and that's why, like, if death was just such a normal thing, then why would, why would in Revelation 21, I was just looking it up, in Revelation 21, it says that death will be no more. Yeah, That's why it's so beautiful. That's why heaven is so awesome. There's no more tears, but it also says death will be no more. And I, I would argue that's that's how the garden was mm-hmm. until the fall. And yeah. so it, it's a reminder of death exists because of sin, not because of that one particular person's sin per se, but because of sin in general. Sin entered the world, bringing death. And I mean, that's the promise from God, right? If, if you sin, you will surely die. Right, And it's like, it's a, it's kind of a reminder of this is not
0: right. So my grief over over losing someone that's close to me, even if it is over over grieving the loss of that person, is still okay. Um, uh, it, but especially in light of the fact that, like you said, it's um, I'm also recognizing that this is just I'm, I'm also I'm not just grieving over the loss of this one person. I'm grieving over just death in general. Yeah,
3: and that's why I hate to take this off of death of humans, but. Uh, like when a child loses a pet, they I think for the no, first I that's time a, I think that's a real thing. Yeah, I think they're confronted with oh yeah the one of the like basic parts of life, one like a principle of life is that we die, mm-hmm. things die, they mm-hmm. cease to exist, and I think even children realize, dude, there's something not right about that. That that doesn't feel right. Um, and th- and that's why I mean we're gonna get to the hope in a second. So this is kind of the downer part, but. Uh, I think that's why it's a natural thing, and I would I would even argue that it's natural to kind of grieve and sorrow that you're going to die. In fact, if you if you if you forced me to, I would say Jesus does in the garden, mm-hmm. in, in the not the uh, not the original garden, but the uh, garden of Gethsemane when he does right. uh, the prayer where he asks God to not take away. Uh, and I think the text in Luke actually says he sorrowed like so hard, or or. Um, he was in such a like state that right. he began to sweat drops of blood, like he sweat like great
0: drops of blood. Right now on. it never
3: says he cries, but I mean, sometimes uh, men just that that's not their response. Um, that I mean, I, and who knows? He might have cried. He might have cried before the Lord. Who knows? But he's clearly having a an emotional like time where he's he's submitting to God's will. He's mm-hmm. trusting in God, but at the same time, like. I think he's stressing pretty. You know, good.
0: it's interesting you bring up whether or not he cried or not. I, I think that um, we our idea that men don't cry is a very much a Western idea. Um, if you actually study study Middle Eastern culture and Middle Eastern you know social structure and stuff, men openly cry yeah. In, yeah. In, in Middle they, Eastern they culture. It, they they weep and it's and and sometimes weeping is a is, a, is an actual showing of how much you um, you know how uh, uh, not. Not necessarily showing of how manly you are, but it's a showing of uh, they, they they don't they, they don't back away from expressing themselves. I like guess, yeah. but that, but in our culture, in in our Western culture, especially in American culture, um, you know, it's seen as 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 a weakness or something like that by yeah. some, by some people. I think
3: I have heard some men say though that they can't, like they want to and can't, and I'm like. I, I, obviously I don't feel that same way. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't, I don't I don't, get that. But yeah. I don't know if it's because they're Western or like they think they're not supposed to or they suppress their feelings. I yeah, it's probably suppression, I yeah. right? I mean, yeah. we,
1: we, we unhelpful. Un- yeah, people can suppress. I mean, we have to do it a lot of times as pastors. Yeah. Uh, especially when we're around families that are dealing with grief or emergencies and you're in the ER with them and they're making a decision about you know, removing a person from life support and they're dying and you're there right in the midst with them and sometimes you have to hold it in to be strong for them yeah um you know the same way with our families I mean if you ever done a funeral a lot uh, if you ever done a funeral for a family member especially yeah uh, you deal with all that yeah. and so um,
0: <laughs> it's fun <laughs> oh, go ahead <laughs> so
1: I mean the thing is that you you it's okay to suppress your feelings for a little while, but you need to have an avenue to let them out. And I that's, think, I think, yeah. I think that's what Paul is getting at here. Is like, yes, you're going to grieve, but don't grieve as others who have no hope. Right. So, because of the separation, I mean. If you know if one of us died today, mm-hmm. we would be upset. I would probably cry oh, yeah. uh, several times. Yeah, and uh, we would cry with each other yeah. because we're going to miss being with the person. Sure. Even though we know we're never going to see the person right. in a future date at, at some point in time, that there's, there's that separation and that that relationship that's that's missing and right. it's kind of cut off yeah. at, at, You know, at the point of death. So, I, I think that the purpose for us as Christians then, because if we are a Christian believer and we do have a Christian funeral and we invite, you know, the community comes, you
0: yeah,
3: have
1: believers and non-believers alike. People that are unbelievers are watching.
0: Yeah, no, no doubt.
1: And that's where I think Paul was trying to say that we demonstrate our faith and our hope because we, yeah, we do soar, but we don't soar like, like we, like there's no hope for tomorrow. There's mm. no hope to see this person again. Mm. There's no hope forever. Yeah. And, um, so that's why we, as Christians, we understand and know that yeah, we're going to be sorrowful and we're going to cry, but there is a point that you know our faith does shine through. Yeah, because Christ is with us even
0: in the the hard times. A couple of things on that. Can I be quiet for a little bit? No, no, it's and okay. okay. We're, 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 can, I'm, I'm, I'm about to <laughs> it. I mean, this it. one gets <laughs> so okay. close to home. Yeah. No, no, it, it, it's understandable. <laughs> but you, you mentioned the I, the idea that we suppress our feelings, and mm-hmm. we, sometimes we, we have to. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm sure just about everybody in this table has experienced this, but you know, from I can I can name you instances in which um, I went and and witnessed some of those really difficult times for other families, stood there beside them, um, try to be the you know, being the, the the strong voice of faith and all that sort of thing, right? And thought I was fine, and then uh, you know. Four or five hours later, I'm at home and it just hits me like a wave, and I just openly weep. Um, and and I've you know, the uh, same thing happened when and uh, when I was asked um, to speak at my grandfather's funeral, you know, and be there for my family uh, when my grandfather was passing away, and and everybody knew I was a pastor and so they came to me and I'm this voice of faith and I'm this voice of reason and you know, that sort of thing. I'm the sort of the the anchor in the storm. And even through the funeral, I, I, I never, I didn't cry at my, at my grandfather's funeral. And it wasn't until (laughs) I've told this story before, but it wasn't until I'm sitting watching toy story three in a movie theater. Mm -hmm. And I'm watching, um, at the end of that movie where, where Woody is waving goodbye to, um, uh, to uh, Andy and you know those two aren't gonna see each other again and it hit me yeah. I'm not seeing my papa again you know and man I just I, I was having to <laughs> show us suppressing. I'm, I'm sitting I'm sitting by strangers because my family got separated and I, I've, got, I've got women they on either side of me. i got women on either side of me. And I, I'm doing my best. It's one of those moments where I'm, I'm almost to the point where I'm going to sob. Right? <laughs> and I'm, I'm in a kid's cartoon movie. and uh, But but it's more than that for me in that moment. Because well, it it's touched ca- emotion. Yeah, because it's catharsis. It came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's uh, what happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so but, but that happens, right? And, and it's because, again, our... Um, it's so funny to me because when that normally happens, I have no control over when I'm going to get hit by that wave. Yeah. That wave just comes. Yeah. And all of a sudden, when it comes, you're like, what's wrong with me? Um, and I'll be honest, I'm dealing with this a little – I was dealing with this just a little bit recently. As you guys know, my daughter's getting ready to graduate, going to be mm-hmm. moving away. Um, I'm fine with that. and my, my wife is fine with that. But I think there's a part of me that knows that that's going to be difficult. Oh, yeah. And and I'm not fully dealing with that just yet. And I was doing some spring cleaning kind of stuff and ran across a bunch of old stuff from from when she was little. <laughs> and uh, I was having difficulties, oh, yeah. man. I was having ha- oh yeah, it. yeah. I was having I was having some hard, you know. I told Christine afterwards. I'm, I'm like, um, you know, and I didn't I didn't tell her. So she's listening to this, so she'll hear this, you know, for the first time. But I was. I told her. I said, "Man, we're, we're going to put these videos and stuff together for graduation Sunday." I said, "You're going to do this? I can't. I don't know if I can do it." Um, so, anyway, um, yeah. I mean, it, it, so so it's 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 natural for then uh, because we don't really control how how grief hits us, and that brings me up to another point. I'm going to bring you in on this, Blake, um, and you know, just give me your opinion here. Uh, but but. I want to know, um, at what point, or is there a point, in which somebody who has lost someone dear to them um, is is um, that that their their grief has continued on for more than say a year, two years, three years, even a decade later, they're still grieving over the loss of this loved one. At what point does that become Sorrowing as those who have no hope, or does it become that way? Again, thinking, thinking on on the idea. I, I'm I'm sort of drawing off this idea that we don't often control how grief affects us. So, your
2: thoughts? No, I think that's a great question. Something that uh, people think about. Um, I'll be honest. That was a that's a little bit of a plot twist. I wasn't expecting that question, so that was good. <laughs> um, I think um, I, I want to hesitate on saying that. Um, for anybody they grieve as if they have no hope because every situation is going to be different because I know um you know speaking of uh not knowing like when the grief will hit you I was actually listening to your uh sermon yesterday and I thought about my great-grandpa who's in the right. hospital right. right now you know mm-hmm. and um his uh here's what my great-grandmother went on to be with the Lord um back in 2015 and it hit me like you know when you know, when we meet the Lord in the skies here, you know, I'm gonna to get to see her, you know. And yeah. so there was a there was a part of like, yeah, I miss her but there was also like, Man, I can't wait. Right. You know, so I I think if it consumes you, like if the grief completely consumes you, I think, you know, there would need to be some talks about you know, I'm talking about years and years later if it's still consuming. I think, you know, we need to push in a direction of, you know, let's let's look at some um counseling Uh, methods and techniques Um, you know because uh, grief can be tough you know all four of us have experienced grief with you know our pastoral duties and just life in general Mm -hmm. um and you know (laughs) we will definitely we would definitely want to meet that person where they're at but we also love them enough to not let them stay there in that constant state of Grief. But I think I I think it's okay later on years down the road. You know, if it pops up and if you get sad about something, you know, grieve but with hope. You know? Grieve but with hope. And you you have that hope. And I think, you know, time it does get a little bit easier with time for the Mm -hmm. most part. And so that can help kinda reiterate that hey, you will see this person if they are a believer. Yeah. You know, if they are a believer. I
0: saw I saw an illustration, um, Recently, I guess, Uh, um, I I think I'm gonna struggle to get this right, but the idea behind it was, it was showing a a a vessel, a jar, say, and um, there was a a, an amount of liquid or substance at the bottom of the, and and it was labeled grief, and um, they the way that the person put it is, is that the amount of grief or the amount of sorrow never really goes away. It, that, 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 that amount doesn't go away, the jar just gets bigger. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that, that sort of makes sense, right? In the moment with the jar being the size that it is right now, um, it feels overwhelming. Mm-hmm. It's not that that grief necessarily goes away, that it ever dissipates or that you ever empty yourself of the sorrow or the loss. Rather, it doesn't feel as overwhelming because the jar gets bigger. I don't know if that's true or not, but it goes along with what you're saying, right? The time eventually heals. But I've seen, Jeff, and I know you have too, I've seen people who um, the grief over especially a spouse, um, um, you know, widows and, and such, that it, it hits them in such a way that it alters personalities – um, really alters their entire personality, and I don't. I don't want to be unfair here and say that that you know, well, that's sinful, that's wrong. Um, I think that grief affects different people different ways, but I do. I, I do want to kind of key in on what Blake said. At what point do we do we think? Um, is there a way for us as pastors, even, to step in and help there? Is there a way for us to address it? Is that something that someone has to come to terms on their own? Um, and and is there is there a need there to try and move past some of that? And and it, you know to try and maybe get counseling, get help, so that it doesn't. Because what I'm thinking of in particular here is, if if something horrible happened and I lost one of one of my family, you know, my, my daughter or my wife or something, um, I'm still called to ministry. I don't know that in the instant aftermath of, 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 that, of that happening that I'd be ready to do that. Right. But at some point, there is still a call in my life. Um, and, and, and at what point do I say, okay... I I can't allow this to stop me from doing what God has called me to do. And whether that's for us as ministers or just as a lay person who has the the call for discipleship, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And and like I said, I've seen people who it's altered their personality enough to where they don't Mm -hmm. want to come to church. They don't want to be, you know, that sort of thing.
1: Uh, Yeah, so I think the big thing Blake mentioned being consumed by it. Yeah. Whereas now I'm I'm just paralyzed. I can't do anything else. And then people don't even want to be around me, things like that. Right. I think it goes back to how we started this thing about, you know, real men don't cry. Right. You know, you're not supposed to show uh, sorrow. That's weakness and all that. Well, in the same light, uh, you know, uh, strong people don't go to see a psychiatrist. Right. Uh, They don't go to get help, mental health or emotional help. Mm-hmm. and so a lot of times these people are trying to they have a toolbox but maybe they don't have the right tools in the box and they're trying to self-medicate or self yeah, take yeah. care of their problem yeah and when they really need to be referred to go see somebody mm-hmm. and um, you know we can help them up to a point um, and then once they get their emotional well-being back in balance then then they're able to to um cope with the grief a whole lot better because yeah. that's really coping. And, but at the same time, um, like my, one of my best friends in high school, I had two, two good friends. One One's Tim Brazel, and another one was Daniel Crumbly. Mm-hmm. And um, Daniel died in a car wreck uh, the year after uh, we graduated. And uh, so my brother that, that died in December, uh, he was good friends with them. And when I came home for Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. he came over because mm-hmm. it happened during that time, and uh, told me that, that Daniel had died in a car wreck. Mm-hmm. All right, so his name's Daniel. So that was 1978. So if I'm riding down the highway and I'm flipping through the radio stations, and the uh, the song "Daniel, My Daniel. Brother" comes on, yeah, then you know I miss uh-huh. him. I grieve. I think about him, the memories, and all that. Yeah. But that's the way life is. Like you said, you see a movie. You're, something's going to trigger. Something's going right. to... A memory, clean out your closet. I mean, the, I know of people that still have never even... I mean, they just sell off a room and they never go in there and they, they never throw anything away because they can't, they can't get past, past it. So I think that's what Paul is saying here is that, that um, by not being able to get to the next step in your walk of faith, then you're hindering your walk in faith. Mm-hmm. It's not that you don't have faith, it's just that, 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 that is, is, is showing um, that you really don't believe the scripture and you don't believe mm-hmm. um, that you're gonna see this person again. Because yeah. there is all the hope in the world to rejoice and be glad. Yeah. In it. And so, uh, but it's real sensitive and, and uh, everybody's different, but I think a lot of people try to deal with grief on their own. And, or they or they have friends that try to deal with their grief in unproductive ways, and it makes matters worse. So yeah. we as we as pastors and Christians need to have discernment to be able to help people. Sometimes it's just sitting there listening to them, but we always need to move,
2: to encourage someone to get the help they need. Yeah, and yeah. take them to that next step where they need to go. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about... Um, uh, the reason why we should. Oh yeah, sorrow. I was gonna Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no,
1: that's fine. We're probably. Uh, well, I talked about Stephen Curtis Chapman and I, and I read the lyrics to, the, to his song "With Hope," and I yeah. didn't really tell the whole backstory on it, but you know, he they adopted a child, a little mm-hmm. girl, and his own son, you know, had just gotten his license, and all it was uh, backing, backing up, up, and ran over and killed. I remember them. when that happened. Yeah. And they grieved and grieved and grieved, but then through that grief, they started ministering. Because mm-hmm. it touched so many people, and then what he does, I preach sermons, mm-hmm. we right. preach sermons to get through some of our stuff. he wrote songs and he you know that song he wrote was we can we we can cry with hope. we can say goodbye with hope because we know our goodbye is not the end we can grieve with hope because we believe with hope there's a place where we'll see your face again, we'll see your face again so mm-hmm. so it's a process, yeah, and it may take some people one year. It may take
0: some people maybe five years, but
1: you can, there is a light at the end of the tunnel, but you right. have to work through it in order to do that.
0: I think, and I think key to getting from the darkness to the light is, is in the gospel, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think key to that, at least, at least from the Christian perspective, key to that is this idea that, like you said, we sorrow with hope because we're confident that the dead in Christ are going to rise again. And just to read a few verses, the, the verses that you focused in on, First Thessalonians 4.13. Yeah, the
1: two questions were, what, what happens to the dead? And then, what about us if we're alive when Jesus comes around? Right, That's the two right. questions he's asking. And so
0: Paul says, and now, dear brothers mm-hmm. and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died. So you will not grieve like people who have no hope. Um, I know some say, we, we, don't want you to be un, we don't want you to be ignorant. We don't want you to be uninformed. Mm-hmm. We want you to have knowledge. Paul is saying, in particular, I had a pastor who used to say he feels like this is an impa- that almost like this is an imperative to read at gravesides, simply because he's saying, "Look." And I always read this at the. Oh, term I do. every I, I, time. If I'm ever asked to speak at a graveside, I always mm-hmm. make sure first this Lines four thirteen is brought up, oh, and okay. it's because it's almost like an imperative. We don't want you all to be uninformed as to what's going to happen next with your loved one, um, or 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 what you know what the end result is going to be. We don't want you to be without knowledge and and so that you're grieving like no hope, like you have no hope. Verse 14, for since, here's the four, right? Mm -hmm. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him The believers who have died. That's the gospel right there. Right. And so he's saying, don't be sad because this is not the end. And why we know this is not the end? Because we know what we know about Jesus. And that Jesus died on a cross, but was also raised to life again. And so here we are on the cusp of the resurrection. And so let's talk a little bit about the resurrection. You brought up a couple of good points here, I think. Um, for those who want to say, well, the resurrection is something that was cooked up um, after the fact. This is something that was brought up um, for, for people who, for the disciples, Jeremiah, who were grieving because they just lost their leader. Um, somebody who they had thought was going to be the Messiah who was going to rescue Jerusalem from Roman persecution and Roman uh, Roman, uh uh, governance. Um, they, they, you know, there, there are those who want to say, well, they came up with this idea of resurrection. They came up with this idea. Um, it was sort of already there because the Pharisees, uh, the sect of Pharisees, believed that there would be a general resurrection of the dead, and so um, there was, there was groundwork was already there, um, and so. Yeah, they, they came up with this on their own, wrote it in later. But then, Jeff, you pointed out there's at least two instances that you brought yeah, up. Yeah, I could have brought up many more. but Yeah, yeah where Jesus kind of... <laughs> Jesus <laughs> seems to, at least, um, preach that there will be a resurrection. Here's one, Matthew 22, 31, 32. But now, as to whether there will be a resurrection of the dead, haven't you ever read about this in the Scriptures? Um, he asks... Long after Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had died, God said, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. So he's the God of the living, not the dead. And so Jesus uses logic there, Jeremiah, to talk about that there will be at least a general resurrection of the dead. And then John 11, I won't read all of this, but... Um, John 11, at, in, the, in, the, in that same Lazarus account, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, she When Martha says, if you've been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Um, Jesus tells her, your brother will rise again. And Martha says, yeah, he'll rise when everyone else rises at the last day. And Jesus says, according to John's account, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Do you believe this, Martha? And then that's when she says, well, I believe you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who's coming to the world from God. And so we have at least two instances there, Jeremiah. What seems as though Jesus is teaching that the resurrection is a reality even before he rises from the dead. How important is it that we see that Jesus teaches about the resurrection?
3: Yeah, I mean, because if he but let's, let's say he doesn't, then he's a liar, mm. and the whole thing's been debunked anyways. Uh-huh. And so it's like, and I think that's why First Corinthians 15, we say it all the time. Mm. I mean, it just, the, Christ, sorry, Christianity is just pointless. If Jesus doesn't rise from the dead. Yeah. I think Jesus knows that. I mean, I think he taught that. Yeah. Like, because I mean, the The whole point of the whole Bible is it starts with the fall, right, and this curse of death.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Well, if there's no resurrection, we're still under the mm-hmm. curse of death. And so, why follow a man who not only lied to us but also couldn't reverse the curse
0: of death? Right. right? And so, so his crucifixion wouldn't have been enough. Right. Like yeah. let let's say let's say that that God make God um God actually uh sees uh you know that he becomes sin on our behalf jesus becomes sin on our behalf and is uh punished the sin is punished on the cross in his death why is it not enough just to stop there full stop and say okay sin's been dealt with here through this sacrifice because i mean let's face it when we look at um the analog to that which is temple sacrifice right in temple sacrifice, you sacrifice the lamb. The lamb doesn't come back to life. It doesn't. Yeah. You know, start come back to life and start <laughs> bouncing. leaping cons- around it's and stuff. It's consumed by the fire. Cons- it disappears. Yeah, it's consumed. So, why why is it that we need the resurrection in order to in order to, to for the for the crucifixion to make sense?
3: Yeah. So um, that's actually a more difficult question than you would think, because we kind of teach that that the red or the crucifixion is the thing that is kind of the final defeater of and I would I guess I would say this I would say that on the cross Jesus defeats sin mm-hmm. but it becomes clear to me from first Corinthians fifteen that it was the resurrection where Jesus defeated death mm. um, and that's that's a little bit of nuance that maybe needs some more language than I'm prepared to give you but uh, 1 Corinthians 15 says that he, find, he 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 won the final victory which uh, the greatest victory which was against death. He, he put to death death.
0: Well yeah, Let, let's let's stop right there for just a second, Jeremiah. Let's just deal with cuz you also mentioned 1 Corinthians 15 in this section, too, Jeff, mm-hmm. I'm just going to yeah. I'm going to go ahead and go there because we're 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 mentioning it a lot. Let's let's look at what Paul has to say um in this sort of yeah, uh, I started seminal. I, this yeah. is—I mean, this is sort of the seminal passage on um, resurrection. Yes. It's 1 Corinthians fifteen, yeah. and this is Paul sort of hashing out the theology of resurrection, the importance of resurrection, the very thing we're talking about here. So, what does Paul say about it? He says, "But tell me this: since we preach that Christ rose from the dead, why are some of you saying there will be no resurrection of the dead?" Obviously, he's he's addressing those people who are saying they're, that, like the Sadducees, who would say that. Um, you know, well, we're saying that Jesus rose from the dead, but there's not going to be a general resurrection of the dead, right?
1: Well, like the Gnostics too, there's just going to be a spiritual resurrection. Right.
0: For if mm-hmm. there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. So he says, okay, if, if, if there's not going to be a resurrection of the dead, then Jesus didn't rise either. Then, what, you know, we don't need Jesus to rise. He says, if Christ doesn't, it hasn't been raised, then all of our preaching mm-hmm. is useless and your faith is useless, mm-hmm. So, Paul is literally saying that. What he said earlier. Right, that faith and the gospel itself is is hinged on. It's the the linchpin of it is Christ's resurrection, not his death, but his resurrection. And he says, and we apostles would all be lying about God, for we have said that God raised Christ from the grave, but that can't be true if there's no resurrection of the dead. He said, if if the dead don't rise, then we can't say that Jesus rose. And if there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. He reiterates that. Mm -hmm. And if Christ has not been raised, uh, then your faith is useless and you are, check this out, still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. (laughs) They're lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we're more to be pitied than anyone in the world. He says but in fact christ has been raised from the dead he is the first of a great harvest of all who have died so you see just as death came into the world through a man now the resurrection from the dead has been done through another man um and he says just as everyone dies because we all belong to adam everyone who belongs to christ will be given new life but there's an order to this resurrection christ was raised at the first of the harvest or the first fruits we sometimes say then all who belong to christ will be raised when he comes back i want to go back though jeremiah I want to go back to first 1 Corinthians 1517, because that's huge, right? Mm-hmm. If Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless, and you are still guilty of your sins mm. so that that almost takes this idea that, that that the cross was enough to deal with sin and says no, yeah. but if, he, if he doesn't rise from the grave, then his his death isn't even enough
3: yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: which is which is that's a big statement to make right that means that resurrection is necessary to have sin dealt with
3: and i think the reason for that is is because if jesus stays dead mm-hmm. it shows that it didn't satisfy god's wrath because he's just one more sacrifice he's just another sacrifice yes. that didn't work that didn't
0: just like the animal. You'd have so to do another, one, it, another it, one, another yeah, one, another one. Yeah, was now. it in Hebrews that it talks about that, right? Yeah. That, yes. that, that you had the to go
3: Bulls and goats could, could never satisfy uh, sin. Uh, but it needed the once for all, the greater sacrifice, the once yeah. for all, which is what Jesus accomplished. But we would all say in this room, Jesus doesn't accomplish that until the resurrection. That, that the cross was effective to save it, but it was only proven... the 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 sacrifice basically was only proven and and kind of put to final victory once the resurrection happens Mm -hmm. because then it shows that that was that was the the defeater of sin it was the defeater of death it does reverse the curse and jesus now becomes the first fruit of that resurrection
0: So, so it's almost like it's God's seal of approval on this. Yeah, because you,
3: di- uh, you didn't. I'm not saying you didn't read far enough, but the whole <laughs> whole <laughs> well, look, I could
0: I could have read the entirety of yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. so, it's so it, is, it is a really good passage. Yeah. But go ahead, point out what I, what I didn't hit there. Well, I'm the thing afraid. I
3: was uh, saying earlier, where it says, uh, well, I'll just go. I'll just keep reading in verse 20. But in fact, Christ has been ra- raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as as by a man came death by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead so that's talking about Adam and then Jesus right by adam death came and then by jesus resurrection came verse 22 for as in adam all die so also in christ shall be made alive but each is his own uh, in his own order christ the first fruits then at his coming those who belong to christ then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father after destroying every rule and every authority and power. For he must reign until he puts all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. Mm-mm. And that's what I was kind of quoting from earlier. Right. Uh, that it's the it's death was the last enemy. I, I guess probably the most... I don't want to say it's the most important, but sin, I would say, is a is a... A symptom of the the real problem is that we're dead, right? And then sin results from the death, and so the the accomplishment of Jesus it doesn't really come to fruition until death has been defeated. Mm-hmm. That that's when the the curse is reversed, is once death has been defeated. And I think that's why Paul makes it such a big deal to say, "Look, if we don't rise, you got no hope. Mm-hmm. You need to find hope somewhere else." Right. Um, because you're still going to die. If, if Jesus didn't raise from the dead, then why would we trust him? Why would we follow him? He First off, he's a liar. Second off, he didn't accomplish the reverse of the curse. He's just dead. Yeah. Um, and so you should find... I mean, he straight up says you should find another... You're still in your sins, so you've got yeah. to
0: find another sacrifice. I actually heard... I, Blake, I heard someone say this one time that, that uh, Christianity... Has uh, has adopted for itself the wrong symbol, um, because you know yeah. I, I'm sitting there looking. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeremiah, you've got a cross necklace on, mm-hmm. and we we wear the cross. We wear the implement of death. We wear the implement of torture. But really, what we should wear is some sort of symbol of an empty tomb.
2: Mm-hmm. Because that's, that's
0: that's what's that's really where it's at, right? Yeah,
2: absolutely. I mean, and the resurrection it changed uh, it changed everything for uh, the disciples for mm-hmm. the early church. Uh, there would be no early church. There would be no church if it weren't for the resurrection. You know it um, it brought the disciples out of hiding, mm-hmm. and obviously, what transformed them was the resurrection. Yeah, uh, you know the resurrection, the hope that that offered. Yeah, and. Uh, Jesus resurrection is you know for them it was a uh, like a foreshadowing of what was to come right and um, and obviously they uh the uh, they expected him to come come back in their lifetime yeah and I think all throughout church history you see that everybody expects Jesus to come back in their lifetime mm-hmm. and it just changed everything. So yeah, you're right. I'm at, I'm actually glad you said that. I'd never heard that before. So, so that was good. The problem
0: is finding finding the symbol that you can that, that yeah ad- I mean, adequately depicts a, an empty tomb. I, uh, that might
2: be a heavy necklace too. You <laughs>
0: <know>. <laughs> but uh, but but I do think it's it's interesting that we adopted for ourselves the the symbol of torture, the symbol of execution. But really, the symbol should be the empty tomb. It what, should it should uh, be.
2: Imagine we were there's in first century Israel and we wore uh, cross necklaces around. I mean, they would think that we're like psychotic. <laughs> you, know, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but, but I
0: mean, you know, of course, the Bible does talk about you know there, there's joy in the cross, and there, you know, that's true, there, it, 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 and, and there is, um, but it's it's a it's a it's a full picture, and if we if we miss the resurrection, then we've not got the full picture. Yeah, um, so, uh,
1: because this coming Easter, I'm talking about you know the bodily resurrection, right. of Jesus. Yeah. But one of the scriptures I'm going to use, which kind of goes along what we're talking about, is Romans 4:25, um, mm-hmm. and uh, I'll read from the NLT. He was handed over to die because of our sins, which takes care of that penalty part. Right. And he was raised to life to make us right with God. Mm. Yeah. The King James says because of our justification. So, yeah. So so uh, so the resurrection. Without, without without the resurrection, the cross is null and void, is basically what Paul's saying here. Yeah. But the resurrection then completes the justification for, for our sins, the payment, the penalty for our sins that was paid. Yeah, yeah. So,
2: right, and I think, too, going into the importance of, you know, the resurrection, you know, I think it was, you know, I love how... Uh, in Luke 24, Jesus even says that it was taught that the Christ must suffer, die, and be raised again according to the third day, according to the scriptures. Right, yeah, yeah. And so resurrection, you know, I'm glad that you mentioned that it was, you know, in the Old Testament. You know, it's not just a New Testament theme, but resurrection was also an Old Testament theme. Yeah, yeah. And.
0: Although yeah. I will say this, Jeremiah, very hard to find. I was just—I was it just saying—I yeah. would it give is. anything to know where Jesus pointed out that the Messiah was going to rise again. Because I've had a hard time finding well, that there, particular. You'll, you'll
1: find one passage this coming Sunday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <think> that, I've, <laughs> I've got one in mind. I, wanna... I won't give it to you. I do not yeah. steal you. But thunder. there's not. But but, there,
0: but but the idea that it's peppered throughout the Old Testament is kind of hard to see. There's um,
3: two that are pretty good, but even I mean. Even those two, and I don't know if you're going to do the Psalm one or the Daniel one, but uh, nah. the, even those two, are just, or the two I'm thinking of, are pretty vague. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, I don't know if I would have got that <laughs> until Jesus
1: said it's, it's there, Jesus. and then
3: I start looking for it. Right. Yeah. Right.
1: Um, and if Jesus yeah. says
3: it's there, it's there. Well,
1: like, like with even John the Baptist, people well, missed what his calling was, and Jesus had to say, yeah, he's, he's the Elijah that was going to come that. Right. Yeah. yeah.
3: And pointing back to 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says it right there. Right? It's according to the Scriptures that mm-hmm. Christ Christ died and would raise again, according to the Scriptures. Yeah, yeah. And, and the so Scriptures like,
1: they had at that time was the Torah and the, yeah, the, the writings. And the,
0: yeah, uh, the prophets. So yeah. you, you, you think to yourself, okay, well, where is that? And it, yeah. you almost have to go back and look at it for... Through resurrection eyes, right? right? You have to. You have to have a New Testament lens. I think you have to have a New yeah. Testament lens in order to see it. I, yes. I, it. I think, you know, we can't blame the people back in those days <laughs> for for missing that the Messiah would. Have to die and rise again, but uh, that's... which that's, I mean, yeah, one
3: one point to the Pharisees who actually believed there was a resurrection. I I believe mean, there was a resurrection of the even, dead, a general even, resurrection, right? And the Sadducees were
1: like, "No, nah, there's not one."
3: Right? And they were per, they were like experts on the Old Testament and
1: exactly. And you know, and I brought that up when he was in in the, in the trial, and I think that probably crystallized Paul's thinking by going in that trial, and he was given his defense. Uh, and then once he realized, hey, this is made up of about half and half. Yeah. And he's, I'm here for the hope of the resurrection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it kind of divided the, the council. So I think yeah. God used that in his life. Then probably his theology of the resurrection and all started coming from all of that. Yeah. Because in Thessalonians, he gives an outline of it. But Corinthians gives the full detail. And yeah. I don't go into the whole body and what kind of body and all that. You know, that's just... A lot of speculation. Yeah. But uh, the main gist for the passage was that we're going to see the people again. That's why we have hope. And then we're going to see Christ again, which gives us hope too. Yeah.
0: So. And so let's look just briefly as we close out this, this session, um, because we're getting close to the end. We've done a lot of talking. Just this first point. There's only two points. But uh, right. the second one is that, and we've talked and about And they kind this. of overlap a little we Yeah. And we've, talked, we've kind of talked about this already. But we sorrow with hope. Um, again, grieving um, but with hope because we expect to be changed when Christ returns is the, the, the and I said we,
1: we and I use the change because of the the dead in Christ are actually going to change too mm-hmm. when they get re their bodies come and they they, they get transformed into this body first and then we are going to be changed if we're here when Christ comes. So so a change is going to happen regardless whether you're dead or living. Right. So that's kind
0: of what I was pointing Correct. At. And and so, um, Paul, um, you quoted from, I'm um, going mean, to just do 415 real quick here. Um, actually, let's just look at 415. Oh, that's the message one. 415 NIV here. It says, according to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord. These were the people who were... Paul says, if there's still people living when Jesus comes back, that uh, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. We're we're not going to keep them. I think some of them will prevent, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, We're not going to keep them from being able to enjoy uh, the Lord. And he says in verse uh, 17, um, well, I don't don't have the other. I didn't have 16. I think 16 was above. Yeah,
1: 16 was with the
0: the dead. Right. And it says, then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them. (laughs) In the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. And verse eighteen says, "Therefore, comfort one another with these words." And there's the there's the imperative, right? The imperative that we talked about before, um, that you know, tell each other this stuff because it's important. It's important for people to to know this. So share it with one another. Share share these truths with one another. That um, that don't be discouraged when those who have died have, have gone on um, because we have a promise that Jesus is going to return and he's going to make things right. Now, I want to say that the details of all of that are, are are sketchy at best. I don't, I don't think that, that we we're given a, a fully um, orbed account of exactly what that's like moment to moment. But what we do know is this. We know that Jeremiah, that um, uh, that uh, Jesus is going to come back, that the dead in Christ will rise just as Jesus rose, that um, those who are alive will also be changed as the dead are, are changed, that this, this changing will result in, in bodies that are incorruptible um, that won't have to suffer anymore, that won't, I guess... That won't change. That won't because because the whole idea behind the reason why from a scientific standpoint, the reason why our bodies um, break down the way that they break down is because of time, right? And time and change. They they, they change. That they they, they, um, they wear out. But we know that we're going to have bodies of some some sort that will uh, that whether these the bodies we inhabit today. Because I I think. This is a personal thought, but I think that um, the body we have is the body we're gonna have. It's just gonna be a glorified version of that body, or a version of that body that can't that can't um, decay anymore. decay anymore. That'll be different. Um, now, whether that body accrues superpowers as we would understand it, <laughs> right, or or you know whether I become super strong or I'm able to leap over buildings, fly, I'm not gonna presume to know because the Bible doesn't say. Um, the best we have, we see Jesus. We do see him eat afterwards, after his resurrection. So I'm going to presume I get to eat Jeremiah. Um, I, I, you know, that I'm not going to be a ghostly apparition that food just falls through. Yeah, um, the
3: marriage supper of the Lamb will be real awkward
0: i see you take a bite you
3: yeah.
1: drops out i'm thinking <laughs> out, take a bite and drops out he gets a bite and drops. just so passing around well that
0: just got really really <laughs> awkward <not enough. laughs> but no no you get to, you know Correct. i think i think that there's gonna be i have this view and and i don't know you guys can talk about this a little bit if you want as well because we're talking about the change that happens what that change is going to be like, the Bible doesn't make it hundred percent clear.
1: The only the only area that addresses that particular point is the is the passages in between. First Corinthians, like yeah, and then the last part of Corinthians I brought it in because it gives the detail on okay, what does it look like when this trumpet sounds and all that. Right, right. But in between, it talks about you know you 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 have a you have a celestial bodies and you have all these and and it's like so if somebody plants a seed. Obviously, a seed's not going to pop up out of the ground. A tree's going to prop up, it. so it's going to be different. So it's going to be, but it's the still the same, Same, but different. And so, yeah. So our bodies, I think we're still so going to recognize people. I think we're going to see people as we truly know them, uh, without all the sin, without all the sure pretense we put on. But so it's going to be uh, fu- fully, fully who we really are. But also, we're going to be able to worship Christ as we fully were designed to intended to do and we're going to have fellowship with one another like we should have yeah and so i agree um so whatever it is going to be it's going to be more than what we can imagine or think anyway yes um so anything we come up with is going to be purely speculation and that's why too you know i I basically preach jesus is coming back Mm -hmm. i don't go into a lot of schemes of raptures or pre-raptures or you know double raptures or you know all these millennial ages and all this other stuff because right. a lot of that speculation but what we do know from scripture is he's going to come back yep if we're alive when he comes back we're not going to keep the, the dead from rising they're going to rise first right and then if we're here and if we're, we're able to see it and experience it well unless our bodies are changed mm-hmm. then we're not going to be able to to experience it fully so we have to be changed and transformed too yeah and, um, I think so. but
0: the, the thing that I want to say mm-hmm. is really important here, though, and something that I think gets lost in some, in some Christian music and in some well-meaning um, Christian sayings and such is that the resurrection, bodily resurrection, is important. Mm-hmm. The goal is not to become spirit. The goal right. is not to become angels or right. disembodied. The my goal is not my guardian angel. No, the goal is to be embodied. It's uh, the, the 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 physicality of of our personages has always been important in scripture. Right? And so I, I I think that too often we have this notion of heaven as a place of spirits floating around disembodied, disembodied spirits. spirits and such and I just think that that's the wrong focus. I, I could go deeper into that. I won't. But I, I, I just want to say that um, I think that that's, if that's where you think the goal is, Jeremiah, I think that you're off. Because I think the resurrection, as Paul has already pointed out, is extremely important to our justification.
3: Yeah. and uh, So for the, the most practical thing i can tell when you're thinking about this is you should think whatever jesus was after the resurrection that's what we will be right meaning that if if jesus ate if he walked around if I mean if he had a body we should have a body cuz he's the first fruits right mm-hmm. he's he's the the example he's the i don't know how to say it besides say first fruits of the harvest but for me i also like to think that Whatever heaven's like it it's gotta be something similar to the garden hmm and I think it sounds like the garden uh meaning that we we walk with God we have fellowship with God they're clearly eating with th- there's things that they that were still eat. human, yeah we're still human still have a body uh you're just not like like apparently snakes talk I'm just kidding that's a joke <laughs> but, but, but uh uh sorry i distracted myself what i'm saying is is you the snake's not gonna bite you it's not gonna hurt you yeah i hope personally there will be animals like lions and stuff we get to hang out with uh i don't necessarily believe your pet will be there but i do think (laughs) i think animals will be there uh but all like it's all speculation but my point is is that yeah it's got to be embodied yeah, it's got because Christ was
0: embodied clearly yes.
3: after the resurrection. Yeah,
0: and I'm sure you're going to talk a lot about bodily resurrection yes. next. next I, 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 this coming Sunday, um, as we celebrate Easter and as you look at the the text that you're going to be looking at, like you said, you sound like you had something to say there.
2: Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to reiterate the um, um, the importance of the body because you know the early church um, within the councils and you know they were fighting some heresies then that mm, you know yeah. Christ wasn't necessarily. Uh, he only appeared to have human form or, you know, that right. only his spirit came out of the grave, you know, mm-hmm. like a like a ghostly apparition or something like you said there. Right. Um, And so that was a you know, they were fighting a lot of that then. Yeah. And I think a lot of that, uh, you know, we do have a lot of those ideas. So I'm glad you said that because I mean, even, you know, just as a child growing up, you know, I never thought that, you know, heaven you'd have a physical body or something like that. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Just because you, you know, what you grand think grand? of Cloud City where Cloud, you know. You're thinking think of getting wings. And like David Strum at heart. Right, like, yeah. <laughs> and you know, you get older and you're like, this ain't the Psalms, this is heaven. Yeah, yeah, saying, I got to hit
3: Precious Moments. <laughs> 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 it's a big part of my childhood. No, uh, you know, well, I
0: bring, I bring it up first. Well, and
1: here's the thing. Think about this. All this stuff that gets brought up. To provide a false comfort for people. Yeah. Like, oh, your grandma's going to be your guardian angel. Mm-hmm. Well, grandma may or may not even be a believer. We don't know. Right. You know, but let's say she is a believer. Why would I want my grandma to become a guardian angel, which is that's that's which, which? Which then she's yeah. not going to be able to fully experience must, <laughs> worshiping Christ. So, yeah. You must hate So grandma. people use all this. <laughs> they paint all these pictures and use all these uh, idyllic scenes and all this stuff to try to comfort people, and Paul's like saying, "No, that's not how we comfort people. We comfort people by by fact we know what's going to happen, right. and that should be the thing that gives us comfort, not a harp and a halo and on a cloud and all this other stuff." Right. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's that blue collar spirituality, it, is what to call it. We find other things to substitute. Well, for and,
2: and I remember there was a. Uh like a country it's like a, there's holes in the floor of heaven or something like that. And, you know and it's just like oh, yeah. no, there's
0: holes me. in the floor of heaven. No really I, it's just like <laughs> Well they can look down yeah. and see what's going no, on. No 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 can look and
2: it's just like like where y'all people get y'all yeah
0: Yeah. You know? Well okay so one of the reasons I bring it up, I was that's what I was about to say Jeff mm-hmm. is um, I, I was teaching. I think I've mentioned this before. I was teaching a Sunday school class of some, some people, you know, peers my age, um, and they uh, had been in church all their life. Had sat in, sat under teaching and stuff. Really smart people, and we got to one night just talking, talking like this, you know. And I started talking about the idea of resurrection, and it shocked them. Like they said, "Wait, wait, wait!" And they were they were legitimately shocked about this idea that they would that heaven isn't isn't ain't, isn't in Cloud City that that, that will have bodies again and I, I was blown away by that I'm like what you don't did, yeah Jesus is that's why it's so important that Jesus rose from the dead and it just I had to spend and I'm not kidding you 20 or 30 minutes explaining to them, how that they were going to be reunited with their body, you know, that their their bodies, their physical bodies would be risen from the grave. Wow. They'd like so, so that opened my eyes that I think that there's a lot of people, far more than what we realize, yeah, who don't understand the importance of bodily resurrection. And so, um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to your sermon, Jeff, this coming um This coming Sunday, uh, Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, I like to call it. um, Resurrection Sunday on that subject because I think it's a really important subject. All right. So anyway, that's going to do it for today. um, And I look forward to—we'll probably do this again, uh, fellas, on Wednesday of next week since Monday. I think we're out of the office uh, uh, for the long weekend. So uh, we'll be back here again one week from today. Uh, to talk about um, John twenty twenty. John twenty twenty. have a little twenty twenty vision there. So, <laughs> all right. Well, we're gonna uh, we'll we'll close this one off today. Thanks for listening. Um, if you have any questions, uh, maybe you're dealing with grief. Maybe you'd like to talk to someone about. Um, about um, how Christians deal with grief or any of the things we brought up about the resurrection, maybe that maybe this is news to you too, um, then we would love to talk with you. Uh, you can contact us um, really easily by email at rosbcpastors, with a plural, that's pastors, at gmail.com. Um, and you can look us up that way. We'll be glad to get in touch with you. Thanks for joining us for this one, folks. Have a great Easter weekend, a great time celebrating the resurrection. And we'll see you on the next one. So